Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I mean, it's time. It's time for the 49ers to go all in on him. He's the third pick in the draft. Uh, you know, they've, they've strung out with Jimmy Garoppolo as long as they can, so Trey Lance should be the next guy in line uh, to get that starting opportunity. Uh, and a guy that could is Mitch Trubisky. You know, we saw what happened with the Bears over the past year with him being gone. He got a raw deal there in Chicago, uh, so maybe he could get an opportunity on the open market to go compete to be a starter somewhere. But those would be my two guys. But I'm really excited about Trey Lance. I know some people may not be. Uh, but I'm excited about what he's going to be able to do in that Shanahan system, uh, utilizing his legs and, and showing off that big arm. Well, I tell you what, man, you're confusing the heck out of me today on the sound. I can't come up with these guys. Oh, that would be a uh, former running as well as throwing quarterback himself, Robert Griffin III. Nah, our G3 there. Uh, and the context I... of that, by the way, I'll give you it real quick. They did this thing on ESPN earlier today where – what backup quarterback should have an opportunity to start next year. And then uh, they did like a, this was on KJM, who should start. And Trey Lance, like should Trey Lance start was the context of that. And uh, so this, I, I mean, he's going to start, right? I mean, unless they were bringing Aaron Rodgers. Well, it seems like every time I go on Twitter, they have somebody else as their quarterback. They've had Tom Brady. They've had Aaron Rodgers. They've had Jimmy G again. So I... I think I think he will be their starter, but it seems like there's a lot of smoke for anybody other than him. Is is Jameis Winston a better option than say Carson Wentz in Indianapolis? Ooh. Yes, because Jameis Winston can throw the football like he might throw to the other team a couple times, but you better believe he's going to try to get Michael Pittman the ball. Carson Wentz, they run the ball a lot, which they should, but. Carson Wentz doesn't always make the best decisions, doesn't have the best arm strength at times. So I, I actually, that's interesting. But now that I hear it, I'm kind of into it with Jameis because he's going to let it fly. Yeah, uh, I, I, I can't get over the Carson Wentz, Wentz stuff. Like Carson Wentz is good in Philly. And now all of a sudden he can't do anything good enough. Yeah, it's weird. I, I don't know if he's bad, though. You know, like, well, we, well, but we are, see, I think a lot of people, this is where the NFL uh, personnel folks, and this is where fans uh, differ. Uh, this is like a personnel guy would be like, listen, I can still win with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz isn't as bad as everybody's saying. And the fans, like, he sucks. Like, he'll never take us to the Super Bowl, all this stuff. And um, he's never going to win big. He's done. But I, I just don't think the personnel people believe that. Like, just because he's not good for your fantasy football team doesn't necessarily mean he's he's never going to play again in the NFL. Yeah. Like, and, that's, and that's the problem right now, in my opinion. Well, not the problem, but that's, like, the, the difference between, like, what fans think and what organizations think. But in all seriousness here, it, it has to weigh with you a little bit that all he had to do to get into the playoffs was beat the Jags, and he couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, listen, he'd... he'd Two-win team. He didn't do it. Uh, that is true. So, that's got to carry some weight. That's all I'm saying. Well, that, that's carrying a lot of weight. But my question is, d should it carry too much? It's carrying too much, you know, like yeah. potentially. No, and yeah. Jameis Winston, by the way, had 30 picks. And, oh, we forgot about that. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I think that's a question that's worth asking, though, in Indianapolis. So, a guy like Winston, is, is it worth trying to see if he's got some magic in him still? and can get rid of the turnovers rather than a Carson Wentz. I'm really interested to see the quarterback shake up in the AFC South. That's what I'm getting at uh, in how that 
uh, takes place. Hey, uh, right now, joined by Mark Tavoli. We're at Tavoli's House of Cars. Casey, uh, tell us what we, we show all the cards back here because you're an avid card collector and buyer and seller. And uh, sure. you, when we brought you down here a couple weeks ago, you were really impressed with with the shop down here, right? Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I think I said to you, like anywhere else you could go in Jacksonville, you're not going to find as much product as down there. So if you're looking for something specific, they probably have it. Or if you're just looking for something in general, they definitely have that. How's that for a commercial, Mark? That's, that's, pretty, <laughs> that's pretty good commercial from Casey. Um, Mark Tavoli joining us right now, and... and uh, here we are at the House of Cards, where I've frequented now uh -huh. over the last uh, <laughs> last month and learned a lot. Thanks for being so educational. Yep. Thanks for having us down here. But I love the story, man. I mean, from Metro Diner to uh, getting kicked out of your house just to start a card shop, and it's going <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, as as we know, I uh, was with a Metro Diner for a long time. Started that concept and had a lot of fun with it. And uh, you know, once uh, once that kind of ended, I was trying to figure out what to do and got into the card world and. You know, like uh, like Brent said, I uh, I I was kind of taking over the my house with too many cards. So my <laughs> wife was like, "All right, we got to do something here." So I uh, went to shop. I mean, I think it's a cool story, and not only that, what's a the, listen? I like telling stories, and I think this stuff's neat. The pandemic hit a lot of people in a bad way. The pandemic, really, the pandemic alone. I'm not sure saved is the right word, but reignited the card industry, didn't it? 100%. Yeah, I mean, it it, 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 it never goes anywhere. It goes up and down. And, yeah. and like you said recently, I mean, it's just insane what, you know, the values. And I think just there's a lot of new new people in it. And uh, every day we see new people coming into the industry, which is pretty incredible. And when you see, uh, you know, hedge funds putting cards into people's portfolios, um, you know, it, it's it's. It's kind of cool to see, and, and we, you know, so there's a lot of new money that I think is going to hang around. And they've done a lot with cards um, now with the numbering uh, of cards yeah. and being able to pull one, one and things like that that, uh, you know, I think also has helped the industry in a big way. Jamar Chase, autograph, two or three, uh -huh, stuff that was, like that. That was a heck of a pull. Yeah, that was a heck of a pull. <laughs> so um, you must be having a blast with this. Yes. And, and I know you've even been a little bit surprised at how wild it is, right, yeah. and, and yeah. learned a lot about it. But really the difference maker for you guys is the live breaks you're yeah. doing, right? I mean, tell us a little bit about that. How do people get to see that? Because that's like reality TV 100%. mixed with collecting, mixed with a little bit of, I, I would say, playing the lottery, right? Without a doubt, yeah. So we're on uh, we're on TikTok. We, we stream on there uh, Tuesday through Saturday, uh, normally around noon to 6, and then... You know, the break just sometimes just keeps going. You know, he'll be till 9 to 10 sometimes <laughs> you know, what things are going. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun part of the industry. A lot of people, um, you know, these boxes have gotten so expensive that it's kind of hard to, you know, drop 1600 bucks on a box. So we just had a couple guys in the back. Um, they joined together and bought a couple boxes. And so, you know, it's a little less of a blow to them, you know. And, and um, you know, so we, we do a lot of breaks. You know, let's just say there's you know, a $1,600 box. We're able to sell four spots at 400. Four people get a card. And, um, you know, there's a good chance that one or two of those guys are going to make out on those cards. The other two might not get as lucky. So you're taking a chance, paying a little less, getting, you know, going after a big card and a big box. Yeah, I mean, that's where it's, like, totally changed. Like, if you're listening here and you, you grew up collecting baseball cards, right? And if you're in my generation, you grew up in, a, in uh, Ken Griffey Jr. upper deck uh -huh. was like, I'm putting this one away, and I'm putting it in a hard case because this is going to be worth thousands someday, yeah. right? 
Well, it's not. It's yeah. like still worth 80 bucks or yeah. whatever, maybe not even. And the, the, it, the card business changed from the way we knew it, or I knew it, uh, into more of a rarity form, right? Yep. And what's your odds to get this and yeah. to get that in these specialized cards? I mean, we do it every month on the show. Every Wednesday I come by, I get a different set, and, like, you can't run out. There's, like, so many. It's not just Tops and Don Rust no, and, and everybody else. It's, yeah. I, I can't believe Casey knows it. Casey will be like, is that the, this kind of card? Like, I don't even know how you would know that kind of card exists in the pack. There's so many variations. Yeah, and there and, and that's the thing. And, and when I talk to people about what they, you know. Oh, somebody just hit something big back there. What was that? <laughs> one of one. <laughs> See, Let me know what it is. It's, it's kind of fun, right? It's like, oh, it's not that we a big uh, eruption back there. So we go, we got to go break something open here. Yeah, we need to. Uh, um, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, so, but that's the beauty of this, with, you know, what just happened back there. One of one. We, uh, who was it? <laughs> All right. Um, there you go. Uh, that was a fortuitous baseball. Oh, that, that was that's something. Oh, different. okay. This is a different one. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were hitting him something. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was a that was a Justin Jefferson. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. Um, you know the, the the numbered cards now, which that's what's really made the industry really unique. We about a month ago we pulled a. Uh, we pulled a one-of-one one Tom Brady explosion card, which is just a, a massive card. We pulled it for a guy out in Louisiana, really, really cool guy, and I got to spend a little time talking to the guy. And you know, that's a that's a you know that's a difference maker kind of card. It's probably a thirty to forty thousand dollar card Man. that he pulled out of a nine hundred dollar box. You wow. know, so um, but yeah, that's that's. And by the, the way, ever since that happened, business has spiked a little bit. Huh? That's hello to Bully's house of cards. One hundred percent. Yeah, and, and when you get some big <laughs> polls, you know, people start talking real quick, and because all these breakers, they're all over out there, and they're, and they're using different people. So when when somebody gets a hot hand, people like to try to dive on that, and you know, get get into the get into who's breaking hot cards. Well, obviously, you opened this up kind of just for fun, but I mean, is it is it here to stay? Yeah. It, well, it's yeah. still ebb and flow, I'm sure, right? I mean, yeah. even even football season ended, right? So the football cards are going to kind of maybe, I don't know about die down, but at least maybe lessen in hype and excitement with not a game every week, but... A little bit. Like, the 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 pricing is going to is gonna stabilize, I think, a little bit, but the hype doesn't really go away. Yeah. Like, you're talking football today, right? Absolutely. That, I mean, everybody's always... Football doesn't really go away. And football's big, and and the big products for this year haven't even come out yet. So the hype just keeps going. Every time a new product comes out, Mosaic and uh, Select Optic and then the big one, Prism, those cards are still coming out. So they'll come out in the next month or two. And then you got, like you said, the Combine's coming up. Then the draft comes, and then the draft products start coming. So it uh, football doesn't slow down too much. It's really an underworld, though, because, like, I just met somebody who came in. I don't think he's here anymore, but he, he's a local guy. Yep. He's like a financial advisor guy. Yep. He's in the card game he, business. He, he loves it. Um, not in the business of it, necessarily. Well, then he was in the business he of is. it, right? He, he is, yeah. He started. It's a local guy who started his own box. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So he has his own repack product and it's, it's, it's fortuitous and we we're kind of the exclusive breaker of it right now, That's which cool. is pretty cool. And, uh, and it's been a great product and, uh, we're breaking some of it right now actually. And, uh, we'll, we'll roll through it the rest of the evening. But, uh, yeah, it's, there, there's a lot of repack products out there and, um, fortuitous does it really well. They, they, they put a really good value in there because a repack is cards from, you know, the last, whatever, 10, 20, 30 years. Um, but it's all about what's, in these boxes, right? And with the repack, you know, if you can get your money back or maybe hit something big, that's, the, you know, that's awesome. And that's kind of what they do. So Yeah, it's pretty cool. Mark Tavoli with us. Tavoli's House of Cards. Uh, we're here. 
and really just educating you a little bit about the card business. I think it's fascinating. Like, I'm really, I'm not in it and playing it like Casey is and many others are, but I'm, I'm fascinated by, like, the underworld yeah. of... of uh, and you know it's interesting. Like uh, some people are in or out of like the NFT world, but when uh, when people ask me about like an NFT world, which I don't really know a lot about, I kind of think of this, right? Yeah. These rare baseball cards now, or rare football cards, and and uh, or the look of them. Some some people just like the look of the card, right? They're amazing, and what they're doing with them, you know, they're just doing so many different things with them now, and and you know, put diamonds we, in them. Yeah, we we just put, we just pulled <laughs> a uh, a little earlier today. We pulled a uh, a Ted Williams used bat so they take a sliver of the bat and embed it in the card which is just you know again which kind of, kind of makes crazy. you say like as a red sox guy and a baseball guy is like that would be kind of cool to have a little piece of history right, right? yeah kind of cool so it's a uh, it's a it's a wild industry uh, right now uh, mark devoli thanks for having us bob we'll be on out wednesdays and you're going to come back in a little bit pick a box we'll, we'll break open uh, a box here and uh, apologies if i still don't use all the right lingo casey corrects me that's right here. We're, we're basically should just call this guy two dumb guys, not you, Austin and I, uh, just learning the card industry or breaking boxes. It's a lot right, of fun. Right, Casey? It's so. a lot of fun listening to you guys do it. <laughs> oh, we appreciate it uh, having you on. So uh, check back with us in a little bit. And Sounds we'll, good. And we'll uh, see what we're opening up. Maybe we'll have another eruption. We've been here for an hour and 20 minutes, and that room's been rocking it's over there. a good there. sign. <laughs> yeah, that is a good sign. Uh, once again, on TikTok, by the way, to see that. Uh, not that we want you to steer away from here just yet, but um, it's uh, on TikTok. The Volley's House of Breaks, I believe, is the name. That's right. The Volley's House of Breaks. Uh, you can find them, and it's uh, it's a wild part of the the world right now here, Casey. You know all about it, man. When did you get into this? Was that the college stuff when you were kind of getting some of the memorabilia and autographs as well? No, I mean, when I was like a kid, uh, I used to like my dad would buy baseball cards, and then I go to like the games and get them signed. So that's how that started, and then it just kind of, when you learned, as, as I grew up, I guess I learned the value of, like, what the, the value in the cards and the numbers and all that. So it started there, and then it kind of went away because, you know, college. And then when, when everything started coming back, I was like, hey, you know what? I like money. Let me get back into this, and it <laughs> kind of came back. But I've, I have that, hundreds of thousands of worthless just base cards that I used to get autographs, and then I have the actual cards nowadays that you're looking for. Uh, I'm going to ask two questions then. It's not going to be a long topic, but on the heels of talking about cards, which, by the way, when you say cards and memorabilia, I think baseball because that's what Most I grew up do. on. And it's really not – I mean, football has just gone new, crazy. for sure. But yeah. it's everything, like UFC and yep. Star Wars they're holding up right here. I mean, it is every – and that's another part of this. Right, mm -hmm. like when we were kid, when I was a kid, you were most of the time collecting cards because you're a sports fan. Yeah. Well, then Pokemon, I think it was the one that came along, right? And Pokemon, Pokemon became yes. a big thing, mm -hmm. and then and now you've got stuff that I've never even heard of. Like there was a guy, like the I think something about a metaverse or something, something. Yep. The other day I came in, I'm like, what the hell is that, right? <laughs> and, yeah. And he was explaining to me, he was all fired up about it. So you don't have to just like sports. Like, no. So it's actually an audience that transcends uh, more than that, which is, I think, just wild. So I said I think baseball. Mm -hmm. Right now, Major League Baseball, spring training should be happening soon. Yes, it should. It's not. Like, pitchers and catchers should have already reported. They should be, you know, we should be seeing that video coming out of camps in, in the state of Florida. We're not. And in Arizona, we're not. Uh, baseball is at a little bit of a standstill. They may be making a little bit of movement, but not enough movement. 
I think it's a, we're just guessing, right? If we're going to predict, are they going to miss games? I was told by somebody that like three or four weeks ago, they thought March 15th or so would be the date that things would get going. Now they they're they're talking like some people are in the inside of the business are talking middle of April, yep. and so that is where we're at in terms of at least the gut feeling of what's going on with baseball. But I thought you asked a really good question. Can college baseball find a way to take advantage, or could it be minor league baseball? I'll extend it a little bit from what you said, Casey. Can minor league baseball take advantage a little bit, or, or do those two worlds not conflict? Yeah, and I, I do wonder about that because minor league baseball is more, in, for lack of a better term, widespread because obviously we have the jumbo shrimp, and then you don't have to go very far to find the Daytona Tortugas, and then you go down the coast, and there's plenty of minor league teams here in Florida, but it's the same thing everywhere. You can go up. You can go north, south, whatever direction you want to go with a compass. You can find minor league baseball, and they – you really – in the way that I look at it is if you're like a diehard baseball fan, you should enjoy minor league baseball because it's the players that are going to be on your favorite team in the next three years. Not yeah. all of them, but some. So I think minor league baseball can fill that void. But And it's cheap entertainment. Oh, yeah. And, you know, once a week you're getting a free T-shirt. You know what I'm saying? That's so you true. just got to dive in. But college baseball I think is totally different because it's fun. Like, regular baseball is fun, too, but college baseball is fun. They're coming out of the dugout when they score a run. They're going wild. Anything can happen. You hear the metal bat, which is always exciting. Dudes hit tanks with the metal bats, which is awesome. It's just a whole different experience from Major League Baseball. Like, it's hard to, like, go, if you're not a regular college baseball viewer, like, to go out to your local university and watch them play. Like, it's probably something you've never done. But it's a whole different viewing experience, I think. Just hearing the bat, like the difference and everything, I think it's exciting. And with the right push that it will have now without Major League Baseball overshadowing it and the national exposure it might get from like ESPNU and stuff like that, I think people could really fall in love with it. Honestly, softball is kind of the same way. Well, you're right. Listen, softball has taken a huge jump from a TV perspective, and there are t- thousands of games on in college softball and baseball. Thousands. That's yep. not an exaggeration. Because there are so many channels that need to fill time. That's part of it. But softball has actually become a more entertaining sport on a lot of levels because it's faster and it's the games are, are take less time for you to invest in. Yeah. And now but college baseball, you're gonna get like twelve to eight. You know? Yeah. You're gonna get those kind of scores, you're gonna get really good players. It speaks to like a minor league type of feel because the guys that you see playing in the SEC, the ACC, Pac twelve those guys are going on to play in the big league someday. Like, mm. it is not just, hey, these are college baseball players and that's it. It acts as like a minor league system now in college baseball. Not all of them, but some of them, and a good amount of them yeah. get drafted and then go on to play college ball. I think, you, the, to the point of your question, I think minor league baseball, I don't think, is impacted by the major league baseball problems right now. I think they're going, it's a... It's, it's, again, very inexpensive entertainment. I think if Major League Baseball is playing on April 15th, people are going to the uh, Jumbo Shrimp game. I think if they're not playing on April 15th, I think they're still going to the Jumbo Shrimp game. I don't think one takes care of the other in any way. I think college baseball is interesting because of the TV outlet. And I wonder if ESPN feels like, hey, we're supposed to be putting Sunday night baseball on right now. Let's move Ole Miss against Mississippi State to Sunday night at 8 instead of Sunday at 1 p.m., you know, in Starkville. Mm -hmm. And let's show that game instead and have fun with this. 
And then you see a home run to right field and all the beers go flying. Exactly. Right? Or maybe that was old Miss. That's where it happens. But, you, you know, you start seeing that, and wow, now you're, like, that's fun, right? Remember when those videos were going around last year, like, around Twitter for yeah. Ole Miss and, and the scene in Starkville, everything? Like, that that could really raise the profile of college baseball, plus it's names that you know that are gone on to Major League Baseball and might still go on to Major League Baseball. I think there is a game to be won here by college baseball in the absence of the MLB if that's for some extended period of time. Yeah, I agree. And, like, that's just kind of the point I was trying to make. It's fun. Like, there there are the unwritten rules, which are dumb, but they don't exist as much in college because it's a bunch of college kids, and they're just having fun. Yes, they're incredibly talented, and they're the top maybe 3% of people that have ever played the game because it's still incredibly hard to play D1 college baseball. It's just fun, and I think for someone that's a baseball fan that may be on the fence about you don't like what Major League Baseball is doing in terms of the lockout, but even – the unwritten rules and all the like the money in the game like people get turned off to that college baseball i think is just a fun atmosphere and to your point there's a obviously there's prospects even in college baseball And when you look at the top college talent right now for the draft next year like it's spread all over to your point lsu but cal poly texas tech stanford james madison and virginia tech all have top 10 prospects in the draft next year so like it doesn't have to come from you know the main schools it does a lot but you might your local wherever you might be listening to our show like your local university might have a super high talent and i think it's just there's so much that you can explore in college baseball that like you may have never done before yeah well and and i said this to tim parenton of unf yesterday i was like is the parody better than ever before in college baseball so when you can roll it out like anybody can win like you don't get that let's be honest like in women's basketball still right yeah nine out of ten times like the favorite the south carolinas the tennessees of the world they're winning Mm -hmm. nine out of ten times well in college baseball like you get the mystery of upset and i mean bryant which by the way from the great state of rhode island beat 25th ranked east carolina on saturday five to four mississippi state lost to long beach state who by the way is pretty good but mississippi state national champs they lost the first two florida lost to liberty two out of three you know so you're going to get like an unpredictability which we like uh louisiana not lsu beat uc irvine who's top 20 in the country on saturday california beat tcu who's 17th in the country seven to six yeah, I mean, uh, oh, by the way, Long Beach State is really good. I didn't really—I thought they were like 24th in the country. They're really like 12th. So mm-hmm. I guess that shouldn't be that surprising. But they still beat the national champs. It's still and, good. Good win. Yeah, and so uh, I think—I just think that part of it is is pretty cool um, that you can get anybody to win. And, and I'll even say this: like you get these smaller schools. It's kind of like the NCAA basketball tournament where you get some of the schools. You're like, well, why did they beat Florida? Well, Liberty actually is 21st in the country out of the A Sun. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and they're that good. And Florida learned that the, the hard way uh, over this weekend. So the parody in sports certainly uh, doesn't hurt it as well. Sunday night college baseball. I'm all for, listen. If you can broadcast 12 days of the Little League World Series, why I'm can't saying. you throw some college baseball on on a Sunday night? I'm saying I'm with you. You know, and and by the way, when uh, listen, I've obviously become a big. I've learned the game of softball through Kaylee and watching it but i understand the appeal to it too it is entertaining no it's, it's fun yeah it's something that it, again like i i played baseball so like i i always thought baseball was superior because like i i had to there was no choice but then at the end of like my high school i started like working with the softball team and like no cap it's it's better than baseball like it's more exciting if you're watching it at a high level 
and I, it's an, I'm telling you, if you haven't watched it, like even watching it on TV doesn't lose anything. The field is smaller, everything's faster. There's no room for mistake. Like it's just exciting. So to yeah, your point, I, used, I think you're spot on. I agree. I used to have this negative connotation of softball when I was a kid. Right, when we were playing, like, yeah, hey, softball. Exactly. <laughs> like we used to call it baseball in a shoebox. That's oh, what like we call that. it, softball. And then you appreciate the game so much more now, like, as it's gotten more popularity. Again, softball, fast-pitch softball is a very new sport, realistically. It's like in the 90s it started. And it used to be very slow-pitch softball, of course. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for a speed and, and the time of the games, which is important to especially today's youth, they don't want to sit there and watch anything for three hours. And especially if it's slow-moving, that's why baseball is having all these issues. Yeah. All right, with the watchability of it. Softball doesn't have that, uh, which is which is interesting. So anyway, Major League Baseball get nowhere at least fast. Uh, maybe college baseball and even potentially college softball takes advantage. I think their advantage comes from a uh, being on ESPN, being out in front of the and the prime time. Um, celebrating those sports a little bit more than maybe going to find it on ESPN Plus or ESPNU and other places. We'll see if some of that happens if the Major League Baseball season is delayed. We're live at uh, Tivoli's House of Cards. Come back. Uh, we get back to some football action as well. We still got football at 5 coming up and a potpourri of subjects still on the way here on ESPN 690. People are paying attention. They are following his every word. And I think there would be an element of hypocrisy in criticizing that piece of this. Now, are there other things that he's doing? Is he holding people up? You know, is he holding up the Packers? Is he holding up his teammates? All that, that's fair game. But I've heard a lot of people say, oh, Rodgers just wants the attention. And to that, I say, tell him to get in line. That's the way the world is today. He is by far not the only one. That's Mike Greenberg. You can listen to him daily right here on ESPN at 690 talking about Aaron Rodgers. And uh, Rodgers, I think, is, is just sometimes I think these guys have fun with everybody. I think Rodgers is doing a little bit of that. I think Tom Brady showed a little bit of that uh, over these last couple of years. I don't think this retirement is fun for him. I think this is real deal. But uh, it's, it's interesting what kind of just saying one phrase. That's how powerful these guys are now in our news cycle. <laughs> that will just paralyze everybody or send everybody into a frenzy. I mean, it's amazing. We are live at Tivoli's House of Cards right down here on uh, 210 in St. John's County. If you're coming down from 95 South, uh, you get off exit 329, take a left. It's uh, down on your right about half a mile to a mile. Obviously, do the opposite if you're going north and get off 329, take a right. <laughs> very good. Uh, I'm very good at directions. Sounds like Actually, it. I'm not. I'm directionally challenged, and so I think I did a really nice job with that. That was good. Right there. I yeah, can't thanks. do directions. Remember when I took us to the wrong bulls? <laughs> uh, let's uh, bring in Martin Buckley right now uh, from Palm Beach Autographs, who has a big weekend lined up with Mike Tyson, Pete Rose, Ric Flair, all coming into the Avenues Mall in the next few days. I don't know if you're directionally challenged. The sky's the limit, though, for you. Due north. <laughs> What's up, buddy? <laughs> How are you? Uh, Good. You, you I, ready? I didn't, you, you were, I didn't know you were at Davoli's. I would have just swung by. You should have. I mean, come on. You're down here on 220. You're probably on the 8th hole at Southampton or something. Oh, man, I wish. Today would be perfect. The weather's amazing. It is. It's uh, fantastic. Uh, good golf weather right now. All right, man, what's happening? You ready to go? Uh, how's the sign-ups? What should everybody know about Mike Tyson uh, tomorrow? 
and uh, Pete Rose on Friday, Ric Flair on Saturday afternoon at the Avenues Mall, PalmBeachAutographs.com for the latest info. But you got the guy right here to answer all the questions. What's uh, How's it going? It's going great, man. The response has been amazing. Um, thanks for you know all the promotion you guys have done. I've gotten a lot of phone calls, a lot of text messages, a lot of emails, a lot of social media requests. But um, we're expecting a really good turnout for all three guys. Obviously, you know, Mike's uh, kind of the, the star of the show, so to speak. Uh, he's tomorrow night at 6.30 at the Avenues. And uh, we expect a really, really good crowd, big crowd. I just asked this question on social media. Mike Tyson or Pete Rose, more polarizing figure in sports history? Man, you probably have to say Mike Tyson just because it was so public, but that's a great question. And here's the reason why, Martin, I, I hesitate. Like, my initial thought is, okay, I would say Mike Tyson, right? Super polarizing figure. I, I think he's the most, he might be the most interesting athlete we have ever seen. He really might be in that conversation. He has gone from a guy who we thought was an animal, like that you wouldn't even want to touch and go in there and talk to, to a guy that has, has almost this level of sympathy from sports fans and that you can now relate to in, in, in some ways. And uh, he's just totally done a 180 in that sense. And meanwhile, Pete Rose, from a polarizing standpoint, I'm not sure that gap has changed much. You know, I, I think he, ever post-career, and with all some of the issues and his unwillingness at times to maybe admit or to egg him on, even with autographs sometimes, uh, I think I'm not sure he's ended that polarization, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, the thing that's amazing when, you know, my kids, <laughs> my kids, Julia, uh, who's almost uh, 12, was asking me who I'm doing a signing with. <laughs> tomorrow and I told her you know about Mike Tyson and then you start talking about his career and you nailed it I mean I look back I can remember and I think I speak for everybody my age give or take five or ten years Mike Tyson was must watch TV yes. everybody stopped what they were doing in the late 80s and early early 90s and through the 90s stopped what they were doing they went to their friend's house they got pay-per-view it seemed like everybody I knew was watching those fights. And then he went through his trials and tribulations and, you know, um, you know, obviously very, very public. And, I mean, I'm just going to tell you this from a professional standpoint. The guy is so incredibly nice, is so incred incredibly generous. It, it's unbelievable. I, I think he's really a great testament for a young man, you know, being 17, 18 year old, being put in a spotlight, having his entire life be public, um, you know, the news media covered him 24-7, and, you know, now he's on the other side as an adult and a father, and, you know, you know as well as I do, and often as well, you know, things change when you're a dad, your priorities change, your focus on life changes, and I think he's in that phase, and... You know, he's just, he's a really unique piece of pop culture that is a huge part of our entire life. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to say And he's, he is a testament to that people can change, right? I mean, I, he certainly is that. All right, uh, like what kind of crowd are we talking about this weekend for especially Tyson? It's going to be tomorrow night, right, 6 o'clock. Um, 
PalmBeachArtographs.com, 630, PalmBeachArtographs.com for, for more information. Can people still, like, sign up now, go there tomorrow? Like, what's the latest on that? Even, I know you've had a lot of activity, and there's going to be a, a, a pretty good crowd. But what, what kind of crowd are we looking at, and can people still go there and see Tyson? Yeah, so we're expecting a, a pretty big crowd. I mean, we've sold several hundred tickets right now. We're probably, we'll probably, we'll probably cap it. We're, you know, coming up over 200, 250. Uh, the last time I ran a report this morning, um, we've got people traveling from all over the country, people coming from Iowa, South Carolina, people flying wow. in. It's unbelievable. People driving up from Miami. Um, tickets will be available tomorrow. We'll probably at some point have to cap it or cut it off only because the mall closes at 8 p.m. So we have, you know, kind of a small window because of the schedule uh, for the day. We're going we're gonna to try to, you know, get there and, and start going and doing the photos with Mike right at 6.30. I would tell people, you know, if you're thinking about going, order your tickets online, order your tickets at the store today. If you have a ticket, you're guaranteed. Uh, if you show up tomorrow at, you know, 5, 5.30, 6, even 6.30, You'll probably be good, but shortly after that time, um, you know, we're probably going to get to a point where we do have to do a, a hard stop just because the mall does close at 8, so it's not like we can, you know, keep going until 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock or something like that. We move the line very, very efficiently. People will get a nice, uh, you know, moment or two with Mike, get a chance to say hello, shake his hand. He's incredible in the photo lines. He'll, he'll do face-to-face photos like a fight. He'll do chin-to-chin photos, um, you know, big arms around people. He's fantastic with kids. The photo opportunities are very, very cool. Those started 100 bucks for professional photo from a terrific photographer. Can we plug him shamelessly, <laughs> Yeah, Sure, let's do it. <laughs> you know, Marcel's going to be there photographing the event. He's terrific. And then uh, as soon as we do the, the uh, photos, we're going to get right into the autographs. We have boxing gloves, trunks photos, all kinds of unique memorabilia available for sale. And by the way, we'll have our show out there tomorrow at Palm Beach Autographs, uh, 3 p.m. until 5 p.m. tomorrow. Then Casey and uh, Brian uh, Middleton are going with Action Sports Shacks OT for an extra hour tomorrow, 5 to 7. So we're 3 to 5 tomorrow at Palm Beach Autographs uh, on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. All right, real quick, before we let you run, Martin Buckley from Palm Beach Autographs. Uh, okay, so that's the Tyson story. Tell us a little bit about Pete Rose on Friday, Ric Flair on Saturday. Wow, I must have lost him. I didn't know if you, if I just couldn't hear Martin or if you lost me or him, uh, but it looks like we lost uh, uh, Martin as well. So I can tell you a little bit about it, poppychartographs.com. Pete Rose uh, will be there Friday. And, uh, boy, the, by the way, Rose has some fun. Auto- you know this business, Casey. Rose yep. isn't afraid to sign anything, is he? You can get whatever you want, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Even yeah, if it doesn't make any sense, you can get yes, it. you can get it. Uh, so he's very accessible in that regard. And uh, then Ric Flair on Saturday as well. It seems, you know, Flair's interested. We had him on uh, Jaguars All Access this year. Remember, we were out at String Sports yeah. Brewery, and we had him there. Uh, so it's, it's kind of cool to see Ric Flair uh, kind of all over the place these days. But uh, check out Palm Beach Autographs in the Avenues Mall, uh, com for more information. I, I just think it's pretty cool, like, if you like those big-name stars, if you like memorabilia, if you're into that, we know so many people are, uh, we would think that listen to the show, too. Uh, from It's kind of like a memorabilia week here. Literally. Uh, live at the Bowley's House of Cards, and then you got a big one Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's about as good as it gets uh, right here in Jacksonville. 
in the uh, Avenues Mall. And again, we'll be out there tomorrow. So come on out, say hello to us. Uh, How much are you charging for photos? <laughs> I should raise money for the Dream 18. Just oh, that's an give idea. me 50 cents for a photo tomorrow. I thought you were going 50 bucks at first. I said, hey, Brent, you might want to cool off there. But. <laughs> yeah. We've actually, we keep saying we're going to do this with Martin, but we're going to like do a signing someday. Austin and me. That'd be good. At the Avenues Mall and see if anybody shows up. That would be the, that was the idea. Well, if but, you're going into it with that attitude, I like it. But I was going to, like, I really, if we do this, I can say this because Austin's not here today. Yep. I'm going to rig the deal there because I am going to pay people to come to my line only. And so, therefore, like, we have people waiting out the door for me. Ah, I like that. And, like, maybe nobody for Austin. Yeah. Well, so it's going to be a massive, it's going to be a strategic plan. That's why it hasn't come together yet. I thought it was kind of going to be an all or nothing deal here, like the two or none, but you guys are going to have separate lines. That's interesting. Oh, no, this Bull is a, take. It's a uh -huh. contest. Oh, yeah, I like that. Contest. I like that. All right. Maybe we should raise some money for charity. That will help. That's a good idea. Now, let Pretty me just idea. tell you, when, when Austin Lane picks up another W on yes. Sunday, that's yes. probably going to lengthen his line. You might have to pay a lot of people. That is true. But just keep in mind, I'm undefeated in my fighting career. Yep. <laughs> we'll be back. We're live at the Bullies House of Cards, St. John's County. Come on, I'll be here until 6 o'clock. We're going to be here just about every Wednesday, too, for the next few months. So uh, having a lot of fun out here. Uh, break some cards coming up uh, in the next hour or so as well. Maybe we'll land a big one like we did last week. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. This is basic, basic level of humanity being a teammate. Send a text to a guy when he gets traded to your team. That is just normal behavior. That's the bar minimum that you have to do. And the Pelicans yesterday sent out an email for season tickets for next year. Guess who wasn't in the email? Whose name was not in the email? Zion's. Like, what the heck is going on in New Orleans? <laughs> a little dysfunction in New Orleans, huh? Sounds like it. That's, I mean, it's amazing. They have Zion. They had Anthony Davis. Yet... Again, casual NBA observer here, admittedly, the New Orleans Pelicans about as irrelevant as the Sacramento Kings in my mind. That's a good call. You know? Yeah. Like, uh, like at times you're like, oh, they, they still have a, you know, I always say this about the Florida Panthers, even though they're very good. Yeah. It's like, oh, they still have a franchise? Yeah, well, that's justified. You know, you know nobody cares. And I kind of feel that way about New Orleans sometimes, you know? New uh, Orleans might be in for a, a trouble as a sports city. Because, you know, the Saints were very good, and now they've lost their quarterback and their coach in the last two years and might not be going well if they have to play Ian Book. Yeah, they might be going back to the way they were before the Saints were good. <laughs> See, I don't remember that, but I'll take your and, word for it. Then go go LSU, I guess, is what they would say. Oh, Brian uh, Kelly, good luck. Um, did you see Bruce Arians? I know you did. Bruce Arians saying, Blaine Gabbert, don't look at his record. He was never played. On a good team? I did, yeah. That's, or a team uh, like, that's this good? Yeah, that was something. Is there a chance Blaine Gabbert gets a chance and is pretty good? <laughs> no. I, I, I don't think so. I mean, is pretty good? I mean, is he pretty good? Probably not. I mean, can he win a game or two? Yeah, I just don't. I don't understand it, like. If you're using, like, oh, we sat behind Tom Brady, learned from Tom Brady, so did Kyle Trask, and you used a second-round pick on him. And I, I I don't know if it's smoke. I don't know what it is, but it just seems 
unbelievable that if they trot out there week one with Blaine Gabbert, Bucks fans are just going to lose it. Yeah, it's crazy. Is I don't hate the Blaine Gabbert bid for the Bucks. Like, I, I understand around here Trask and, and the draw for Trask, and I know like, you're a Gator fan, and and so I I get the want to see that, and I. If I were the Bucks, I'd probably want to see that more than Gabbert because I did make an investment. But Arians likes Gabbert, man, and Gabbert has been in the league for a long time. It's been a long time since he really played in the NFL. Now, what does that show us? Well, it shows us that people that are usually backup quarterbacks and they've been backup quarterbacks are backup quarterbacks for a reason. I'll give you Chad Henney, who had plenty of chances to start. It didn't work out from a starter perspective. He's been a very good backup, and he can even come in from time to time and do the job. I'll give you Nick Foles. Foles has had a couple of opportunities in his career, and at times has done very well, including winning a Super Bowl, but when given the real keys to the car for the long term, can't get it done. And has been paid very handsomely for a guy who can't get it done. I'll even go, like, I'll give you guys that they... You know, messed around with like even a Brock Osweiler, you know, mm -hmm. that they try. So usually when you're a backup quarterback, you're a backup quarterback. Heck, Byron Leftwich, that ended up happening to him in Pittsburgh, right? And I think he played in Tampa some and, and as well. So my guess is Blaine Gabbert is a backup quarterback in the NFL and has been for a, almost a decade now for good reason. But I find myself intrigued by the idea of Blaine Gabbert getting a chance to show what he's got. He's been around a long time. The scar tissue has had to wear off by now. He was put in a terrible situation in Jacksonville, to be honest. He wasn't good. I'm not making excuses for him. I guess I can't have him. He was put in a terrible situation. Like, he really was. He was not put in a situation to succeed in Jacksonville. And I've always been curious about Gabbard if he gets a chance to play with any kind of decent team, but also for any length of time. Maybe it's an eight-game stretch. That what he could do and what he would look like and how different would he have looked like than what we saw, which was horrific here in Jacksonville. I, I kind of want to see it. <laughs> like, I selfishly want to see it. I really do. Like, I want to see if Blaine Gabbard is actually better than, like, everybody's labeled him to be. Yeah. And how much can you grow? Like, he, to me, he's like a he's a test dummy of that sort, right? Like, how much can you grow yeah. after you've been, like, suffered whiplash, basically, in the NFL and then sat and learned and got rid of that for almost a decade and come back at the, like, how old is he? Has he got to be, like, 34? 33? Yeah, be like, a He's still not. Yeah, he's 33. He's going to be 33. He has not played. He started three games in 2018 with Tennessee. Went two and one. He in 20 in 2017 he was two and three. In 2016 he was one and four. Like he actually has played a little bit more than I remember. In San Francisco, when they traded for a six-round pick, which is a great steal by us here in Jacksonville, um, three and five. So like. His record, actually, what he played over that stretch, let's do the math quick, 21 games. He started, and he won eh, five, six, seven, eight of them. So he was like 8 and 13. But usually your backup's playing for a reason, right? Yeah. So, um, and in that stretch, by the way, in 21 games, he threw 25 touchdowns. 
but he did throw 23 picks. So, again, I'm telling you that I think he's a backup quarterback for a reason. That's what I would bet. And he's probably not good or good enough. Right. But I'm also telling you that I'm really intrigued that he would, if he were to get a season in Tampa, what it would look like. But you don't want it to happen. No, I, I just... <laughs> I, admittedly, I love Kyle Trask. I think the world of him. But, like, you don't pick second-round quarterbacks and not, like, and sit them over Blaine Gabbert. Like, that's just not something that happens. Like, Kyle Trask had incredible yeah. numbers. That's fair. And he obviously learned from Tom Brady. You can say the same thing about Gabbert. But he's proven people wrong his entire career. I mean, you got to give him a shot. If you want to play Blaine Gabbert, fine. But then why would you pick Kyle Trask in the second round? Because now you're in a situation for the Bucks where no A.B., Probably no Godwin, or at a minimum, he's not going to be ready to start this season. You're losing Gronk. Like, they're all of a sudden kind of in trouble weapons-wise. They do have the most underrated player in the league in Mike Evans, but who knows how it's going to look, and maybe if you're not trying to win games, maybe play Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I wonder what happens. I do wonder what happens. Of course, Russell Wilson could end up in Tampa for all we know. That's fair. Who knows? Uh, we'll be back. Football at 5 coming up. Plus, we'll mix in a little golf, too. Justin Thomas in town today. Stuart Weber will check in. He was over at TPC Sawgrass. And I think uh, Nick Saban was over there, too. So, yeah, we'll mix a little football and golf. Football at 5 coming up. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 here until 6 o'clock. Live from Davoli's House of Cards in St. John's County. Come on down. Say hello.